Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Which makes a movie that deals in our fears universal. Oh, hello again. Have you been keeping? Good? Yeah, glad to hear it. Welcome back to Do You Like Scary Movies, a podcast deep dive exploring the history of the horror genre and the underlying currents and themes below it. I'm Jordan Paul, an actor, photographer, horror enthusiast, and your favourite final girl. And joining me today, as always, is everyone's favourite torture porn star, Theo <laughs> Trainer. <laughs> Get it, yes. Um, Theo, how are you? How are the bodies in your basement? What? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> how have you been? I've been okay. Um, well, I don't. Hold on. We took a little um, a, what, a week break. We took a little mid-season week break mm-hmm. for your. Gigs. I've been busy. Theo been busy. Theo been graduating. I've been performing. So we yeah. just everything got on top of us for a little week. So we had a little mid season break. We allowed you to sleep at night. So ah, uh, that's good. That there. Um, we're back. Back better than ever, baby. How's it feel to be back? Feels fun. I quite like this new way of us doing it. It's yeah. quite fun and enjoyable. It's I, quite nice. It's more easier for me. It's a lot nicer. So. Before we get into this episode, episode number four we're on now, Mad mm-hmm. Times, how we run through the years, um, I wanted to recap on last week's episode, so take your mind back a fortnight. Um, we talked slashers and we talked dark age. We talked slashers, so we talked, what slashers did we talk about? <laughs> I can't remember. We talked about, no, that was dark age. What? Um, that was like dark age because it was kind of meta. Oh. The slashers we talked about were... Have you been paying attention? To <laughs> have you been fucking paying attention? I've been writing the scripts. What have you been writing? Um, uh, <laughs> this is so factor. funny. <laughs> we talked about the Blair Witch. We did. We I love her, like Blair, bitch. Blair Bitch. We talked about her a lot. We really got into that. Um, we talked about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. On Friday the 13th. So did we talk about it? A bit? Maybe? Not much. Yeah, maybe a little bit. We did. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, we were into all Halloween. That. Halloween. 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 Yeah, that was all good. Uh, Avril Lavigne. Um, we talked about Avril Lavigne a lot. She's scary. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Um, we talked about just all that sort of vibes. We talked about. She said. Sorry, we talked about. We talked about the oversaturation of the slasher genre. Yeah. Um, and how that's almost, almost eradicated horror from a theatrical audience. And that was scary, but now we're big back better than ever. Scary Beckys. Scary Beckys, that was. Hold so, <laughs> in this episode, I thought we would talk about my favourite subgenre of the horror genre. Any guesses, Theo? Well, 
I it's know what torture it's porn. <laughs> I know what it is. I thought torture we could porn. talk a little bit about torture porn, and then we can um, just sort of do a little commute from there into the oh. second renaissance of horror. We take a right, and we enter the second renaissance. Yeah, exits on the here, here, and the here. Please don't fucking die. Um, so, should we just get into Let's her? Let's get into her. A strong horror doesn't need to feature horrific blood, guts, and gore to scare audiences. But if it's only gonna add to the viewing pleasure, then why not? The torture porn subgenre was first experimented with all the way back in the 1600s with William Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. This was the Bard's first tragedy and the goriest thing he ever put on the stage. The story follows the titular Titus, a celebrated Roman general who refuses the title of emperor. After he returns from a war with the Goths, he has her queen's <laughs> Theo, Goths is not funny! <laughs> Why are you laughing at the Goths? I'm not! After he returns from a war with the Goths, he has her queen's eldest son executed in vengeance. The new emperor immediately weds the enemy queen despite Titus' daughter for refusing to marry him. What follows is an orgy of blood and violence as the Goth queen and Titus slaughter each other's relatives in increasingly horrific ways. 300 years after Shakespeare finished his least respected work, a theatre in Paris brought Titus Andronicus to the stage again. The naturalistic horror of that theatre's remounted production created techniques that are still key to torture porn horror today. In contemporary horror, the term became popular with describing the transformation slasher movies underwent in the early 2000s. Films like Saw, Hostel and Wolf Creek are credited with starting a new age for torture porn. Whilst the slasher film's emphasis is usually on the gore, the more over-the-top and lavish being the better, torture porn's content would lack any moral order or story. Like in the film Hostel, a movie based around people torturing and killing other people for fun. There is no underlying story, nor any lessons or hitting meanings. This difference in psychology carves a sub-genre for the slasher genre and gives an audience the shock and disgust that they were craving so desperately. So Theo, like, what's your low-key vibe with torture porn? Is it something you indulge in? Is no. it something you run away from squeamishly? What's your vibe? It was my first horror film. It was a <laughs> Saw film. Um, Saw film. I, it, it was horrific. <laughs> no, torture porn is like, I don't know, I don't really enjoy it. I'm, mm-hmm. it well, I say that, but sometimes I do find myself like... I was about to do like a little visual there, like hiding behind my eyes and then going like, oh, like peeking through, <laughs> oh, like, oh, what is going happening? on? Because I'm um, like, yeah, I guess, I don't know why though. Mm-hmm. Is it like a morbid curiosity? But more than that, it's something like, because it feels real. I, like, I actually feels I real, feel yeah. like, the, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I mean, we'll get into why we watch it a bit later on in the episode. Um, I'm going to chat a little bit about the sort of psychology behind why we're attracted to uh, torture porns. But, yeah. um, but I wouldn't go around my way to seek it. See, Maybe, I think see something... If, well, I did go on a wee bit of a binge of like, there's this guy that tells you how to escape all the saw traps on YouTube. I love his videos, yeah. Yeah, where I was like, oh, let me watch all of these. Let me watch all of these, just in case, just in case. But then I was like, oh, oh my, oh my God. It's interesting. I think, um, I mean, obviously Saw, you know me, everyone who knows me knows me. Saw is one of my favourite film franchises of all the time. All the time. All the time, darling. I mean, and, have the box um, I have my box set. It's so good. Um, but I think there's just something like, I enjoy it because it really pushes you to the extreme, but then it's an immediate switch. Once those credits are all, you're fine. I kind of like that. You're like, oh, okay. Like, Time for you bed. watch it and it's so hard to watch for a few minutes, but then you get like such a release afterwards. It's like, it's like you've been holding in a big fart for two hours and suddenly <laughs> let it rip. And you just feel so like, it's ah. like, it allows you to stress out for a bit, and then it's like, oh, I can relax. Yeah, like, it's like meditation. Right. You put yourself through a lot of stress in order to feel the relief afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's like, physiotherapy, does it do that? I don't know. <laughs> like, cracking your ass. Yeah, I would agree. I was with you when you got that box out. It was a good box We, we picked it up. From the post office. The post office. <laughs> Whilst they certainly don't shoot for the stars, playing on the provocative spectacle of gory violence, such films certainly hold an intrinsic cultural purpose, working to reflect a sociological truth, much like the slasher films of the 1980s did. As Eli Roth told The Guardian in 2013, the genre exists in the context of political reality, stating, horror films have a very direct relationship to the time in which they're made. 
The films that really strike a nerve with the public very often reflect something that everyone consciously or unconsciously feels atomic age, post 9-11, post Iraq war. The true essence of torture porn cinema must be therefore understood in the context of American politics in the years following the turn of the millennium, when 9-11 was about to fuel wild, widespread when 9-11 was about to fuel widespread hysteria that eventually manifested itself in the war on terror on Iraq. The cinematic tendency that represented such horrors makes sense when one considers the atmosphere of fear in which terror may appear to strike at any time, as well as the government-facilitated torture Iraqi captives by the United States Army and the CIA at the beginning of the war itself. In 2003, the Associated Press would report on the mistreatment and torture of Iraqi prisoner of wars. This was followed by the publicising of the Abu Ghraib photos, some of the most infamous war-related photos ever released. This sparked more debate and anger. Some Americans, perhaps more xenophobic, agreed with the treatment of Iraqi prisoner of wars. Others reeled with anger from the pain and humiliation caused to these prisoners. Seeing these photos was, for Gen Z and early millennials, comparable to what television coverage of the Vietnam War was for boomers. Theo, we have it again. Life imitates art. I didn't know this. Well, I knew it, but I didn't. I didn't. Well, I suppose. I, yeah. Yeah. So, George Bush done torture porn, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I. Go for it. Take her away. I think I only found out about, about, about that. Those photos. Actually, mm-hmm. fairly recently. Likewise, I think it was like a TikTok thing or something. Maybe sorry, or or slushies. <laughs> I do my. I'm like Rolex sitting playing with them. <laughs> it's the summer. Please allow it. Mm. It's like raining. It's a um, hint at next week's episode. Not, but it could be. Oh, that really? I was like, huh. Um, but no. Um, I think it's. I mean, life time is all I really have to say. I think it's interesting because, in my mind, I sort of felt like nine eleven did for America something similar to what the Great Depression did for America, where People were so um, reluctant to be afraid and to be challenged and they really just wanted like an easy time, you know, like, if you think about it, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about it in terms of musical theatre and Broadway. <laughs> okay. In the year after 9-11 happened, uh-huh. Broadway shut down. Hmm? Broadway shut down for a year. Entire year. I didn't know that. What? Yeah. Broadway shut down for a year. One show opened. Right. That one show won every Tony Award going because it was the only show that was there. What was it? The producers. Uh, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? So, like, I am, sh- like, low-key, like, oh, surprised by this because I think it's another instance of horror filmmakers being daring and being tactful in what they're presenting to an audience because they really, they have no boundaries. Nothing is too much for them. Do you know what I mean? Oh... Okay, I see what you mean. Like, these bitches be on edge. These bitches be on edge and the horror filmmakers wanted them to fall off the chair. Right. Okay. Wow. When other sort of mediums such as TV and theatre wanted to ease them back into their little comfy seats with the cushion. Huh. Horror wait, what is, what, wait, what's producers again? Is it like a, is it a comedy or something? Yeah, it's like a comedy about like a musical by Hitler. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Spring Comfort, like. It's not a great show, but it done what it needed to and done what it set out to, so... Fair play to it. <laughs> the most notorious of these horror films was the Saw franchise, which featured 62 traps throughout nine films and told the tale of a manic creator of death traps designed to punish the most immoral members of modern society. While Saw was made the scapegoat for this despicable modern trend of horror, the majority of the series concentrated on the punishment of those who had been doing much worse for years, which each victim's reason for the trap being explained in a host of flashbacks or monologues from the mouth of Jigsaw himself. Saw was first screened on the 19th of January 2004 at the 2004 Sundance Film Festival before being released in North America on October 29th, 2004 by Lionsgate. The film received generally mixed reviews from critics but grossed $103.9 million worldwide to become one of the most profitable horror films since Scream way back in 1996. So let's have a little discussion on Saw! Um, It was shocking when it came out. People had never been fronted with that and you know I also know as well here's some saw knowledge coming oh, that knowledge. initially 
some knowledge. So the script for the movie was completed in about 2001, a few years earlier. Right. But um, James Wan, you know James Wan, and his yeah. daddy from college, really, really struggled to get the movie picked up by a major studio because of just how daring and gory it was and out there. So... I wonder how do you pitch a script? <laughs> that you just is... like send it to people's and stuff like that. But no, no, no. But like that is so visually <laughs> like reliant. I got what you mean. It must have just been those like cues and stuff. Yeah. But anyways, what they done to combat that was they made a short film. It was like I think it was like ten minutes long, um, and it was one scene out of the actual film. Do we know which one? It'll come to me. I've seen it. It was good. Um, but they basically made that sent it to loads of studios and Lionsgate picked it up they saw the potential and obviously it worked I mean it made over 100 million the first movie? mhm bitch okay yeah so obviously it done really really well horror movie <laughs> um, and I think that really set the tone for what the um, is it the noughties is that what we call it? I call it the 2000 noughties. to 2009? yeah the noughties the noughties the noughties yeah. okay I think it really I think set for the tone Red's for the noughties in horror I think it was really the movie that solidified what that era would try and bring. Because, you know, going into it, we'd had Scream, we'd had The Blair Witch. There wasn't really a um, a distinguishable, out there, definitive trend of horror, is what I'm trying to say, in the noughties yet, until Saw came along. Okay. And sort of brought torture porn first in the race. Mm. Also, in, by doing the, the most awful traps on immoral members... Mm-hmm. Is such like a like a you can be guilt free of feeling like maybe yeah. Eddie got a relief. <laughs> you really can because it's like, it was like go for it. No, no, no. Yeah, it was yeah. like oh, you feel bad for this man. Well, he he killed a child yeah. in a car accident because he was drunk. Now everybody cheer. Woo! You feel bad for her <laughs> drug addict. Like watch him peel his back off a car seat. See, to me, <laughs> I think why I love Saw so much, um, for me at least, is that. Saw really brings into question why you feel different for different people suffering. That's what I love about Saw. If they were all good people, you couldn't watch it. But because they are sort of damaged characters, you do watch it and it brings into question why do you feel more sorry for others than you do for other ones. What's the difference between a drug addict um, a man who's guilty? Drug addict? Is that really some of the things that... that, Yeah. Just, you're addicted to drugs? You were addicted to drugs, yeah. And she had almost had an overdose. And Jigsaw was like, you don't appreciate your life. What? Here's a fucking bear trap, bitch. Yeah. That made me think more, like, well, probably in need of drugs. Jigsaw's, we'll get into it um, yeah. in a later episode. Oh, no spoilers. But um, Jigsaw's whole, like, mentality was like, people don't appreciate their lives as much. Um, like, he literally put someone on a trap for doing the suicide attempt. No joke. Um, he was what? like, you don't appreciate your life that much, so I'm going to put you in, like, this fucking insane trap that makes you choose life or death. And there's they... a sacrifice of choosing life, and it's meant to show you how much you want to live. Do they That's in... his whole, like, motive. Oh, right. Do they his come inside ideology. the person, usually? The trap? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Like, the drug addict, they threw her in a pit of syringes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no! I'm gone! Sorry, no. it was Amanda. No, I remember. I, I think um, I've seen that one. It was Slay, and it was, like, the guy who, um... It was, like... Do you remember these two guys were shagging the same girl? I think this is like. <gasps> and he had to six. choose. She had to choose. Yeah. Oh, like which one to kill? No, they that had saw? to choose what one to kill, and then because she was in the middle, I think, and then in the end they killed her. Didn't everyone die? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> It'll come. To I me. think that was the. I don't know. Actually, doesn't matter. I was about to say I think it was one I saw, but maybe not. I don't remember. See, so saw is just iconic, and it really did set the tone for what would later come. In 2009, a Dutch filmmaker released potentially the most shocking torture porn flick to date, telling the story of a deranged German surgeon who kidnaps three tourists and conjoins them surgically, anus to mouth to anus to mouth. The human centipede generated polarising notice from major critics, including Entertainment Weekly and Roger Ebert, who refused to assign a star rating, explaining that six depraved F... Six is depraved explaining that Six's depraved effort occupies a world where the stars don't shine. But it's a world some people were eager to visit. The film sold 55,000 copies on DVD and Blu-ray during the first week they went on sale and hatched, in 2011, the even more brutal sequel, The Human Centipede 2, full sequence, about a copycat, anally, orally fixated sociopath. The grotesque nature of the film gave promise for an excellent word-of-mouth promotional campaign, 
daring people to find out if the film was really as disturbing as it had promised. Oh my god. Have you seen The Human Satomy? No. You but haven't? No, thank you. I Dude. don't want to. I remember... It's kind of indie. Chi- <laughs> <laughs> it's indie. I can't get into it. <laughs> no, I remember as a child walking around HMV. I just remember the poster. In HMV? In, in HMV in, in Lisburn. You bullshit mail. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Like, I remember the poster of like the hands on the thing. I just don't know why I remember that. It's like a glass door, isn't it? Yeah, or something, or like a floor or something. A floor, or, I don't know. Um, I've seen, obviously, clips probably in, like, 2012. Of it walking about, yeah. (laughs) Of it walking about. What if, I'm sorry, who, sorry, thank you for saying the words, anus to mouth, anus to mouth. Anus to mouth, anus to mouth, that's what it was. What was else, what else did you say that I thought, oh yeah. Anally... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what is about it? Oh yeah, inly orally fixated psychopath. <laughs> Are you into my writing? I'm a poet, you see. Um, no, I think my first exposure to the human centipede, I was think I was in like school. Um, 2009. It would have been maybe what? What? Primary school? I Not primary school. Yeah, um, we were all like walking around. Well, and we were we were having maybe... these like discussions on if you had to be in it, where would you want to be? The front. <laughs> Oh no, because you get sh- what do you get? What do you get fed? I think it's like dog food. Oh, I'd well, rather be fair to be the dog food. No, I think I would. You get used to it. You never get used to. Who dog would you food. not want to be in the middle? He <laughs> 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 just, just did a. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I went like, oh. <laughs> um, uh, I would like to be either of them. I don't think I would want to be in it. I die. No. <laughs> but that's so, what I was more like. Oh no, because like imagine the middle one died. The last one would starve out. And the first one would get, like, Dude. dysentery or something because of all the shit build-up. Because someone was swallowing it. Oh. They'd all die. Interesting shit concept. go in the what, anyway? <laughs> what, they go in the butt? Yeah. Um, it's from the Book of Mormon Girls. Um, is that? Yeah. Oh. But, um, no, I just think, like, how out there of a film? How out there of a movie? Let's get back to the topic and stop laughing so much. <laughs> what? No, we like to laugh, especially about torture porn. <laughs> I love torture porn. Oh, um, God. Yeah, I think it sort of maybe turned an audience off the horror genre in 2009. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, fair dues. Might have done to me. I mean, I like a little tasteful bit of gore here and there. I don't know if I like the overload. I just don't. I just think it really puts me off. I just... I mean, I here's that. me, but I love, like, I... I um, I watched Hereditary, actually, the, like, the other day, because mm-hmm. preparation, wink, wink. Um... I just love the scene where they cut to her head sitting on that fucking roadside all fucking <laughs> covered in maggots. I was like, yes! Because it was so effective. But that's like the only bit of gory. Well, no, it's not. But anyway, it's like one of the few bits. I'm just like, ooh! It's like so like more effective to me. I don't know. I do really love that bit of the movie where her hair gets wiped off. Like, I think it's so funny. I'll talk about it, but like the music, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just like stops. Crack. Head the first off. first time. I watched it. I was on a laughy mood. No way. Yeah, I was just feeling really all giddy, and that happened. I was hollering. No I way. No. You have, oh, you have to watch it when you're really feeling like a shit person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you feel have really for that. Sorry, I'm eating. You can hear it. No, 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 no. Everywhere. Um. Do you just want? Just want to finish that? Yeah, I'm just gonna finish that. Maybe. Oh, I want to cut this out. <laughs> Good Welsh cake. It's our Welsh cake. It's our Welsh cake. It's a fucking spongy something with jam in the middle. What draws us to them? Is it the same justification for why we would visit a freak show or slow down on the highway to see a terrible car accident? We're both horrified and attracted by pain and death at the same time. We know that what we see on screen is not real since we are logical beings. We wouldn't be watching it if we thought it was real for a split second. Although, we don't like to see individuals be wounded, the concept fascinates us. And that's what a movie is. A chance to see and do things that we would never do or see without suffering any consequences. There is also a psychological component to torture porn. The serial killers in these films terrify us because they operate outside of what we would consider society, but we also try to understand them and feel sympathy for them. We try to understand the lunacy because it worries us to think that someone could do such terrible things to a human. Mm. Sophia, that's what I'm going to say about torture porn this episode. Do you still watch torture porn? Do you? 
have a little nice time under the covers with torture porn. What's your vibe? I never did. <laughs> Boring. <Sorry. laughs> no, um... So what did you just say there? <laughs> Do you have a little nice time under the no, covers no, with torture that, porn? Sorry. No, I don't really... Why, why porn? Why is that even the fucking... Why is that even in it? I think torture porn... Not um, torture movie. ...is the title because of how indulgent it is. Oh, it's indulgent. All right, Nigella. Like, if someone dies <laughs> in a torture porn, you're getting it's like, the blood of about 18 bodies. It's you're like coming. so much fake <laughs> overload. Yeah, it's like coming in porn when they use like 1,900 <laughs> cums. It's like the bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. Interesting. Yeah. It kind of... Structurally. <laughs> Structurally, it's the same Similar. as porn. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Weird. Interesting. I don't know. I've, well, I've, I've never seen a porn, like, movie. But I assume it's a lot of, like, the filler bits. And then you have the sex scenes. The kills, yeah. And then you have the filler bits. And then the kills. And then the kills. Yeah, that's why it's called torture porn. Because it's porn, but torture. And, then and you... also, it's, like... It's worth a mention that apart from Saw, most torture porns do have a lot of, like, nudity and, you know, big breasty moments and stuff what? like that. Yeah. What? Well, actually, Human Centipede. Think of Scream. It, like, almost was torture porn. It was, like, commenting on, like, transcendence. And that's not a word. Weird. I wonder <laughs> the transition. Do people find it sexually gratifying? Probably. I mean, maybe when they stab Probably. a tit. I don't know. Stab a tit and pull out an implant. We talked about this last week. We talked about it <laughs> for this time. Any or... episode, I'd like, remember when he stabbed a tit and pulled <laughs> out an implant? <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, must get that done on a t-shirt for merch reasons. oh yes that's good remember when he stabbed her tit and pulled out an implant that's funny on a t-shirt I'll get it on a hat <laughs> oh yeah um, also oh. I wanted to talk about Sorry, I thought you were going to do a voiceover <laughs> I was getting ready for it but no I wanted to talk about like do you think torture porns died out do you think it's yeah. still a vibe oh, I no, disagree I disagree sorry <laughs> <laughs> literally ready or not yeah I'm that fucking what do you call it that clown one terrifier whatever I remember seeing yes terrifier to art the clown yeah <laughs> yeah I got where um, there was a scene it was actually kind of horrific like, like <laughs> funny as fuck I saw it, it was Twitter and actually funny laughed. but it was like well okay yeah that's the that. thing I feel like torture <laughs> porn when you watch it outside of the film it's fucking hilarious like the kills are no realistic at all yeah but, like, it's like it's, a bit it's laughable but if you watch it in the context of the film you're like, oh my god he just murdered her with a feather boa that he got next door after murdering her auntie. And a sculptor. It's sculptor <laughs> dead with the hair. Like, it's funny as fuck to me, but it's still kind of slay. And that's why I really like it, because okay. it is so absurd and you so theatrical. Up. You fucked up, Miss Girl. Um, but I kind of into it. I really, really like it. Do you not enjoy it at all? Do we um, have to end the podcast because of it? No. Um, I don't enjoy it at all. Well, to be fair, not to think about it, I don't think I've watched a movie where I'm like, wow, that was like, good well i suppose i just don't watch movies for that reason <laughs> what for the whole um the way you described it what was it the gore well no you said that the feeling that you get <laughs> that fucking yeah. cummy feeling no not we're cum, not i'm joking like, <laughs> i don't get stressed no i come um we're you like the like the like it's like the build the up way. of stress like and then yeah, the release like, i don't know a I don't build up like of that. pressure and then an immediate release okay it just switches off and you go. Interesting. I, don't I, really I like that. to think. So I just not affected because to I'm me a little bit that. fucked up in my th- therapeutic ways. I like to think that whenever you get that moment of release, it takes some of your pressure with it, so it is like relaxing. Okay. All right. 
Okay. Like, if I have, like, a stressful day, like, I can't relax, I'll stick on Saw. <laughs> At least my life Saw ends, on. I'm like, ah. <sighs> right. I, like, I'd be, like, Snow White singing the birds and shit, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was about to do the Shrek one. Ah! <laughs> 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 the immigrant song. <laughs> the immigrant song. <laughs> what? That's what it's called. No. That's what it's called. Yes. No. Hey, is that ACDC? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's what it's called. No, I think you got it mixed up there with Charlie and the Chocker Factory. With the like, Maruka Salt, Maruka. the immigrant has just fallen down the garbage chute. Is that the words? Uh, no. Are you it, sure? Hold on. What the <laughs> fuck? It is. Veruca's... No, hold on. Veruca's this is not the immigrant. Charlie the Chocolate Factory torture porn? Question mark. I could see it being torture porn. It's kind of graphic, kind of not into it. Yeah, well, um, Veruca... You continue, and then I'll figure out whatever the fuck the lyrics for Veruca's Salt are. No, I'm changing the thing, so it has to be now. Okay. Um, Because then we're going to go in and we're going to... No! Jordan doesn't say that at all. What? Veruca's Salt, the little brute. (laughs) No! Why the fuck... No. I'm serious? Yeah. Why nah, did you think... Called the immigrant has <laughs> just fallen down the garbage tree. No, because, because she... she was English. Yeah, but... No, but... And the castle's <laughs> in America. <laughs> yeah, but, like, she didn't move to America to see Charlie... Not Charlie, <laughs> to see Wonka. Anyway. She did No. What the fuck? I don't even know where you got that from. Is there... Do you mean a goose... Is there a different no, one? No, Veruca Salt, the immigrant. It's just falling down the garbage chute. <laughs> no, it's Veruca Salt, the little brute, has just gone down the garbage chute. And she will <laughs> and she will meet, as she descends, a rather different set of friends, meaning either geese or squirrels. I don't know which version this is from. Are there different versions? And maybe the other version is the immigrant? Oh, maybe. I don't know. The OG. The OG is geese. Anyway, sorry. There's maybe an immigrant in that one. I'm unsure. No, the OT is not geese, sorry. The book, I think, is squirrels, but the movie in the 1970s is geese, but obviously squirrels are hard to fucking control, especially in... The movie I saw had squirrels. That was the 2005... Uh, uh, Tony Dak? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know what? Let's like them this episode a wee bit, because it needs it. We're only it's half torture our porn, yeah. <laughs> oh, but we still have 2009 onwards to talk oh, about. okay. Anyway. We're getting up to date, Theo. I don't even know if this is even going to make the final cut, but I hope it does. I hope it does. <laughs> so do you. Okay, then it is. Hope you enjoyed that discourse. The 2000s were a slow burn for horror for many fans. It was usual to hear devoted fans of the genre say things like, the only real horror films coming out now are from Japan. J-horror was everywhere, and for good cause, their audience was let down by America and Britain. There were great horror films from that decade, of course. 28 Days Later, The Descent, Saw, The Others, Ginger Snaps, Let the Right One In, House of the Devil, Final Destination, but the decade reigned dominated by lots and lots and lots and lots of remakes. The horror renaissance started back with the release of two 2010 films produced by Jason Blum, Insidious and Paranormal Activity. Low budget films, both were simple, both were unpolished, both relied on gender and terror to drive their stories forward, both focused on characters caught in horrible situations. Horror grew from this point on. Jason Blum became a modern-day Roger Corman as a result of the success of both films. He now makes a ton of pictures each year for little money, occasionally creating masterpieces. The studio Blumhouse, which released films including Sinister, Creep, Oculus, The Purge, The Gift, Get Out and Halloween, rose to fame as a result of Blum's idea of low-budget and a high-return horror. Theo, let's talk about Blumhouse Productions. Okay, I didn't know that was... I didn't know Blumhouse. Jason Blum, it's very new, yeah. 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 They're all connected. Mm-hmm. I just, I never knew, but I, I don't pay attention to the opening fucking logos, I do, really. See, see, when I be in the cinema and I see Blumhouse and it's in that corner and it has the wee logo and it like shakes. Fuck oh! Because I, I know I'm in for a treat. Okay, okay. Sorry, thoughts about Blumhouse? Yeah. Um, thoughts about, no. Well, about they were my first horror movies, really. Thoughts about Paranormal like, Activity properly. and Insidious, like starting a new generation of horror. Um, because for us, that was when we were going to the cinema to see horror. That's that when was, it was exciting yeah. and new for us. Yeah. So we're very of the Blumhouse generation. Well, Insidious, I think, was like the second horror movie I watched, <laughs> probably. Slay. Um, I actually, I think I enjoyed that one. I, I enjoyed it. I Insidious. think I remember enjoying Ooh, that. Even one, then. We must go. 
Maybe. It's number four. No. I haven't even seen two, three. Two was good, three wasn't. But I'll see four. Jason, not Jason, what's his name? Nathan said it wasn't great. But yeah. we'll see. Um, anyways, um, I kind of like these films. To me, these films are all sort of like... I mean, it has one of my favourite scares. In Insidious? Yeah, I just think it was... You know what I'm talking about. The one who is behind him. And she goes... <gasps> Anyway, oh, yeah. sorry. Um, my favourite scare is another film that we're going to talk about. It's not my favourite scare, but it's one of Favourite jump scare. Yeah. Um, no, I kind of like them. I like the sort of... Um, what what would one call it? Um, you know, when they're able to do lots of things. I like how varied Blumhouse can be. Um, I feel like whenever Paranormal and Insidious, Insidious <laughs> came out, um, people were like, what is this? You know, because Paranormal Activity obviously took that found footage genre that had someone had tried to market up to even an ounce of what Blair Witch did way back uh, the last decade and Paranormal Activity really done that for the second time not obviously to that extent with in terms of marketing what have you but it was still like really really successful and it was so low budget what do you think of that? Yeah like, these movies were made with practically no money at all Yeah just the actors in a house yeah. with cameras you can buy probably buy on eBay <laughs> like literally right? No. Is there any? Well, the special effects were probably what, like strings and shit. Literally, probably that, yeah. Which is mad to me because that type of filming really it brought a new level of fear to the audience because it could happen in their home. Yeah, you know there wasn't really anything extravagant going on well, to the family. There wasn't really like, there would be family issues, but they were all relatable to almost every family in America at that stage. So audiences really would have been like. Fuck me. They're going through a divorce and Fuck now they me. have a demon. Jason down the road just got divorced from Margaret. And now they're going to have a demon too. Oh, no, he's dragged out of bed down the hallway. <laughs> I heard him crying last night. Valak, Valak. That just came to me. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what that banging down the street was. It's all the cupboards and flat pots. I'm trying it. I told it again. Um, we are... Un- we're unfucking hit. Theo well, and I haven't seen each other in a few days. This is why we're like this. It's hot in here. That's why. It's getting hot. No, it's here. not. Not like that. So kill the t- with the implants. <laughs> <laughs> Stab her in the tit and pull out an implant. Right. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> what oh. is your favorite Blumhouse? Okay. I'll, me, I'll take two right. answers. I'll take your favorite Blumhouse idea and your favorite Blumhouse film. Okay. Um, looking at the little this. list you've given here. Sinister Creep, Oculus Purge, I've not seen Oculus, Purge, Gift, Get Out, Halloween. I really, I'm maybe, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm, I do like a Jordan Peele movie, I really do, so I might go with, go ahead and say Get Out, because mm. um, I like all three of his movies. Three? Is that all yeah. he has? You didn't like Get no. Out, Nope, and Us. Us. I liked all three. I've only seen Nope. Interesting. Right, we're not getting into that. I love Nope, he didn't. Moving on. It was one um, of those really polarizing movies. People loved it or hated it. I'm a horror fan. That wasn't a horror. It was... I, not horror. I like... <laughs> I like... I like... I loved Signs, and it reminded me of, like, a modern-day Signs. Kind of... Okay, interesting. Despite, Nope, he reminds me of Asteroid City, now that I think about it. A wee bit. I just love the alien design. It's just so fucking weird and, like, like, like surreal, but Wait, also, like, kind of based now. on... A jellyfish. Well, no, not even. Just like <laughs> I just didn't like it. I'm sorry. You know the intimidation tactics of like an insect, of, like doing different shapes. I don't know. Anyway, I just like, um, I thought it was so cool and like visually beautiful, and I liked the characters and their stories and the whole thing about black people in Hollywood and the exploitation of animals and all of that. Is that a car? I think my favorite Blumhouse production, idea wise, was The Purge. I love the idea of The Purge. I love how someone sat and dreamt all that up. I think that's really cool and creative. Oh, The Purge. It, it's an, it's, it was definitely one of those things where somebody went into a office and went, one night a year, all crime is legal. And they went, put that on a poster right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that is one of those things. I like, say in like uni or whatever, where like, yeah. our writing guy's like, right, say it in one sentence. Mm-hmm. And then that's like a, that's a good one sentence. It obviously worked, but I think my favourite, like, overall film is maybe Sinister. Oh, Sinister was probably the first horror movie where I was like, I really like this. Like, I really like this. It made you a fan? It made me more interested to be a fan. And that was one of those sleepover movies where I'm like, I don't want to watch horror movie. I'm so scared. I can't watch this movie. And I just, that 
scene of the lawnmower is still burned into my brain. Amazing, it's art. That was I, I really, really like it. Um, let me chat a bit more to you, Theo, here. Okay. <laughs> Studios realized afterwards that there was a sizable audience for horror. The larger studios experimented with producing horror films. Many acquired the smaller independent businesses like Blumhouse, but left them to operate independently because plainly their strategy fucking worked. Of all the studios, Warner Bros. seemed to understand this the most. They just let filmmakers proven in the market do their thing with more money. As is the case with James Wan's The Conjuring franchise. It remains one of the most financially successful franchises of all time. The first film, based on what is regarded as a true story, follows the Perron family as they move into a farmhouse where they experience paranormal phenomena. Demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren to help them get rid of the evil entity haunting them. The Conjuring. The Conjuring was released in the United States and Canada on July 19th, 2013 by Warner Bros. Pictures and New Line Cinema. It received positive reviews from critics who praised the performances, direction, screenplay, atmosphere, and musical score. It grossed over 319 million worldwide against its 20 million budget, resulting in two sequels and five spin-off movies with The Nun 2 writing its name as the sixth spin-off later this year. Whoa. Sick. Fucking make the money, honey. Isn't that mad? Yeah. One, okay, yeah. Go yeah. for it. What are you going to say? No, I'm a big, I'm a big like, Ed and Lorraine Warren, like, mm-hmm. documentary fan. Uh, <laughs> I think so, what made The Conjuring so successful, I mean, it says it all, the working title for the film was The Warren Files. I like that. Before it was called The Conjuring. And I think the idea the was Conjuring's always to have as many... Sort of movie, 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 movie. Oh, it was about all be... the Warren's cases, which is something I we sort of got. I mean, the third one was good. Devil made me. What was it? Devil made me do it. Devil made me do it. Let's just say the devil, devil made me do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that was the line. The second one was the Enfield haunting. Oh, I. Li- Did I like? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I love that case of like. Is it a hoax? Is it's it not? It's like it's like drama. I love that. Yeah, but we Janna jumping from super jumping to super. from the, yeah. I love it because. What do you feel about that? I just didn't know. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? Should we get into that? And probably not. It's so long to like the whole Enfield on thing. We've got time before we chat more. Um, sure. Quickly, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Definitely flourished a bit. I think there were maybe some experiences, like maybe slamming doors and stuff like that. I do think a lot of it was fake, but I don't think it was fake necessarily because they wanted to hype up to the drama. I think they just almost got caught in the hysteria of it all. The um, photos of the quote-unquote levitation are questionable. Mm. <laughs> she does look like she's just jumping from the bed. <laughs> but maybe that's what the demon wanted. Maybe the demon was like, I'm going to torture you and no one will know about it. Ha 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 ha. Right. We were near Enfield that one time. We were really Talking near Enfield when we saw Lady Gaga and that was a scary, scary night. going. Um, but... I know there's something about the Enfield haunting to me. There's a line in The Conjuring 2. Obviously, I know that The Conjuring 2 is not real, but it's an interesting line. Oh, they. Um, yeah. Where she says, someone's like, yeah, like you've admitted to faking this. And she said, yeah, because that's what the, he told me to say. Oh. I was like, that's interesting. More head fuckiness. Because what if she was like, I faked it? Because the demon was like, fucking say you faked this, we can't. My name's Bill. I died in the chair at the corner. I, I can do it quite well. I can don't... you? Yeah. My name's Bill. What? I died in the corner over there. Brain and rich. <laughs> it's not good. I've been practicing that. It's my party trick. I play you... them the clip and then do it. I swear that real. What? Yeah. The bass that came from like exactly. Behind... What is it that they My say? My name's Bill. I died in the corner over there. No, what is it they said? Like, the voice sounded like it was coming from behind her. Yeah, that's really <laughs> me. Yeah, that's mad. Isn't that a big skill of that mine? That was scary. Like, yeah, yeah, actually, wait. I would like to make it known that they would fucking leapt across that <laughs> sofa when I started. Um, wait, what was the first one again? It was the... The Borden? The first Borden. one was the Peron the family. Peron. 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 And it was the farmhouse, which is my favourite fucking jump scare in horror. When the camera pans into the room and the wee bitch is on top of the wardrobe. The wardrobe. And she goes, ah! And then jumps at her. I fucking squeal. I love it. That's <laughs> is. I remember being in this cinema at age, like, fucking 12. I remember watching it. And actually feeling like my, like, 
whole body went through the seat. Wow. Like, it was actually the most impactful job I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. I want to I go to that house you can go to. Yeah, yeah that Perron family house. Yeah, in some rural America place. Apparently there's soldiers buried in the garden. Oh, that's not fun. No. The real story is actually going like, oh. Creepy. Anyway. Yeah. I need to be more in the real case. But that's what I love about The Conjuring, how there are all real cases, real cases, real cases that you can I will say, bar the spin-offs. They're shit. Oh, the spin- uh, What is Annabelle and the Nun? Annabelle, 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 Annabelle. Annabelle, Annabelle. Nun, Nun. La Lerona. Oh, La Lerona. Yeah, I remember the other one. Yeah. I forgot about that one. La Lerona was alright. Right. It was fine. I think- What was that about? It was about La Lerona. Who- She's, um, a- A nun again. I'm gonna say Mexican. Right. Um, it's South America. I, it's Mexican, I think. Like, a spirit who, um, the legend is that, like, she killed her kids or, like, accidentally killed her kids or, like, her kids died or she, whatever. Something, something, her kids aren't here anymore. They're dead, right? Right. And she comes to take little kids away to make up for hers not being there. But she's, like, a spirit. Oh, oh no. Plug your... That was her in. there. <laughs> she was uh, like, not true, not true. Fucking <laughs> 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 dare you. I didn't burn my kids. That's what she says. Um... But it was alright, I'd recommend it. Um, so there's that. But I think, I don't know, with me, um, at the minute, you know, obviously we got the conjuring in what year twenty thirteen? Yeah. Um are we getting uh, another one? It's in my mind, yes. Is Amityville horror Elden Lorraine thing? Mm, depends what version. I know, but is that a re- like in terms of real life, is that an end um, worn case, isn't it? No? They investigated it. Maybe they could. It do that. wasn't a main investigation for them. They sort of checked it out. And went nah. Okay, bye. Um, but they briefly touched on it. It was the opening sure for the. Oh, I've seen that second movie. Yeah, then I've seen that. Yeah, because The Conjuring do this thing that I love, um, where the first I'd say like the prelogue for the movie is a different case to what the actual main thing is. You know, we saw it in the first Conjuring. It was Annabelle. Um, the doll and oh. then we went into the Perrin family haunting we saw in the second one it was the Amityville haunting then we went into the Enfield haunting third one to me didn't do that in my recent memory I'm not sure I'll have to recheck that but um, that's what I sort of love because I would love to do that um, Museum of the Occult I would yeah. think that would be amazing where is it up to go? somewhere fucking Massachusetts or something oh something like that Boston, um, Boston? but also to me um this era of horror from 2010, I'll say, to 20... Now. Now. 20 now. Um, no, I'd say pre-lockdown. Okay. So 2019. Yeah, 2010 to 2019. That's like a natural definitive era. <laughs> the it is ruled for me by two people. James Wan. James Wan. And... And Patrick Wilson, who I feel like was in every fucking horror film oh, released. Yeah. I feel like I only know him I love for... him. He's amazing, but... Yeah, he's in every single horror film going. That's great. Yeah. Um, Love you, Ed and Lorraine. They both... Lorraine died. Lorraine died 2016, I want to say. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, so um, then she saw the movie. The yeah. One. She was like... And she went, on the not scary one. enough. <laughs> she went, fucking shit! It was way worse. <laughs> um, I kind of like it. I'm really into The Conjuring. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were big fans of them. So, yeah, that's us. Well... That's just almost up to speed. Right. I don't um, know what you're doing next, do I? Yeah, so next week I want to talk a little bit about um, the certain... Ooh, I'm excited. I just read ahead. Sorry. Read ahead. Hee <laughs> hee. I'm really excited. Um, Folk heart. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> next week I want to chat a little bit about... Um, Current era. The last five years of horror, I want to say. I want to talk about... What was starting to become like a really prominent subgenre of horror, the way we had slashes, the way we had torture porn, the way we had atomic horror, like what was starting to become that, but then what was halted by lockdown and what sort of happened to the horror genre in that. I will talk a bit about that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about folk horror, um, such as The Witch. We're going to talk experimental, like Midsummer, that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about cult movie. Yeah. what's next. We're going to give our own predictions, what we think is going to be the next mainstay in horror huh. for the next 10 years. You know, we're going to really look at that. Personally, I think it's going to be a lot of, um, I don't have a name for it yet, maybe 
I'll call it technology horror. Um, oh, you know, like, sort of unfriended, sort of missing vibes, where it's all done in, like, a Skype thing, you know. Um, okay. And I think that's coming from a... I think, personally, the reason for that is because of lockdown. Everyone got so comfortable to Zoom, so comfortable to FaceTime, and I think I'm already starting to see that trend a lot in cinemas. Um, I, I just saw Missing there, which wasn't really a horror, it's a, it's a thriller, but um, the whole entire movie was through a Skype screen. Right. Well, um, well it was from, like, a desktop page uh-huh. so you had like Skype and it was like oh over here and it was like websites and, and it was it was cool it was interesting I think that's gonna well sort of come maybe it might be some virus movies I know there is a 28 years later potential happening probably be another one I also think we're gonna um, get a lot of horror with Killian Murphy about being on your own that's a big prediction for me but we'll get more into it next year okay next year next week next year I'm excited I actually um, want to do this right now <laughs> I'm excited. Have a little think about it over the week before we record so we can actually have some ideas. We can maybe even shoot some, you know, script ideas. <laughs> and as well as doing all that, right. we're also going to do a little skip back through the ages and we're going to pick out some queer favourites. We're going to talk about queerness in horror. Because horror is about all outcasts for outcasts, obviously there's a massive queer following, a massive queer representation in horror as a genre. And... It's only fair to talk about that and represent that. So that's what we have next week. And then we have two little surprise episodes for you <gasps> the two weeks following. Um, so stay tuned to find out more about them. And then that's... And the, then we have one more episode and we're done. We were? Yeah. Oh, one more official, like... One no, more no. official, do you like scary movies episode and we're done. Okay, yeah. yeah. So... And then there's the yeah, next You're officially halfway through the ride, so stay tuned. Um... As always, follow us on Instagram. We're over there at one and a half gays. Um, I've been Jordan. I've been Phil. And this has been one and a half gays present. Do you like scary movies? Until next week. Tweet. Sleep tight. Wink, wink. Do you like scary movies, Sydney? Which makes a movie that deals in our fears universal. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.